You are listening to the Aesthetic Vibes podcast and I am your host Amy. This is the podcast where we talk about relevant and totally irrelevant topics. The idea here is to spread aesthetic vibes. You're here now, so why don't you hang out and we'll talk some shit. Hello and welcome to today's episode on Aesthetic Vibes Podcast. I am your host, Ames, Amy, Amy Lee. (laughs) Any of the above is totally fine. (laughs) I hope everyone is well. Do you guys remember, you would if you've been around (laughs) for a little bit, I was speaking about the Cecil Hotel and we covered it from the perspective of can so much evil occur in one place and the place not be physically affected? What? Bro! <laughs> I just went off. Oh. <laughs> Hi, whoever's <was> here. <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) um, in that episode, (laughs) we spoke about uh, the evil in one location and we spoke a little bit about the Black Dahlia and it is an unsolved case, much like last week's episode that we did on Natalie Wood, also unsolved, weird, mysterious, not sure what's happening there, right? Got me thinking more broadly. (laughs) I started thinking about stuff that's unexplained, things that remain mystery to today. And I want to talk a little bit about the Black Dahlia because um, I did a bit of research into the area off the back of my Cecil Hotel obsession. And then I came across some other stuff that too is unexplained. I want to share these with you today. I have five. Let's talk about the Black Dahlia to begin with. So on the 15th of January in 1947, um, the remains of a 22-year-old by the name of Elizabeth Short were found. She was nicknamed the Black Dahlia, and I'll, I'll explain that in a little bit. Basically, she was found dead on a block of land in L.A. She was called the Black Dahlia due to a couple of different reasons. I I read multiple different reasons. I I read that there were Dahlias that she used to put in her hair. Um, She used to wear black clothing and um, something about a resemblance to a movie called the Black Dahlia. So I'm not not sure, but there was one or many things that had her being called the Black Dahlia. However, the, the, the manner of how the body was found and the state that it was found was absolutely terrifying she was completely cut in half at the middle section like there was there was literally nothing holding her top and her bottom sections together she was drained of all of her blood and when her body was first seen it looked like a mannequin because obviously you know mannequins in stores have light skin um they're like very light like a white paper color in a lot of instances 
that was what she looked like. They thought, the lady who found her thought, okay, um, mannequin. The body was cut with surgical precision. So this was, there was no trauma to the internal organs and bones. So this was done by someone who was skilled. Her face, probably the most startling, was a smile that was carved into her face from her ear all the way down to her mouth on either side. This leaving her with a permanent smile. There was no blood on the ground and it was believed that the body was moved after she'd been murdered. So she was murdered somewhere else and her body was moved to this location. She was actually posed with her legs spread and her arms above her head. So obviously uh, a way of um, disrespecting her body. Nine days after she was discovered, a letter was sent to the examiner addressed using individual cut and pasted letters from magazines and newspapers. If you think about the old school ransom notes, or I think we even did it as an assessment or something at school, like when I was little, you know, cutting out and, you know, assembling words. It was kind of like that, right? The note itself read, the Los Angeles Examiner and other Los Angeles papers, here is Dahlia's belongings, letter to follow. Along was an envelope which contained her social security card, birth certificate, photographs, names written on a piece of paper, and an address book with pages missing and the name Mark Henson embossed on the cover. It looked like whoever had sent it had actually used some sort of gasoline or similar to clean the objects and remove them of any fingerprints. So on the 14th of March in 1947, a suicide note was scrawled on a piece of paper with pencil and it was found inside of a shoe in a pile of men's clothing by the ocean. This was in Venice, by the way. The note read, To whom it may concern, I have waited for the police to capture me for the Black Dahlia killing. They have not. I am too much of a coward to turn myself in, so this is the best way out for me. I couldn't help myself for that or this. Sorry, Mary. The pile of clothing uh, was actually just seen by some rando and then um, a beach caretaker came over and uh, basically they they um, went and found the lifeguard captain and then they read the note and they obviously um, notified the police straight away. The clothes next to the note, I said that there was a note and shoes and like a pile of clothes. Um, there was a coat, pair of pants, white shirt, white jockey shorts, which I'm assuming are underwear, and tan socks, moccasin shoes. I think they're like those little slip-on things with the little tassel on them. And um, that was it. So everything a human would have been wearing. Where did he go? Oh, yeah, it was a he. It was it has to be a he. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, she. Um, maybe it was a she, and she, she may be dressed <laughs> a little bit more masculine. Regardless, where did the person go? no clothes. To this date, nobody knows who actually killed Elizabeth Short. Okay, I'm like, I'm using a new 
tripod and I just don't know about this angle because I'm so used to it being in a different anyway we're rolling with it if it's a shit angle oh well <laughs> let's talk about the disappearance of Dorothy Arnold so Dorothy Arnold was a socialite New York socialite and she was the daughter of a perfume importer uh, Francis Rose Arnold and his wife Mary Martha Parks Arnold on the 12th of December in 1910, she actually left her home on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, told her mum that she was heading off to buy a dress, like an evening dress, a gown. And her mother said, did you want me to come with you? She probably didn't use those exact words, but <laughs> something like that. Dorothy said, no, I'm all good. I'm going to head off. I will call you, though, when I find the gown that I want. So she left with about $30 on her in her pocket. And they say that that today's currency would have been like $750. So sizable. On her way to the Fifth Avenue location that she was heading to, she stopped at a grocery store on 59th Street to buy some chocolate, as you do. Then she stopped at a bookstore on 27th Street where she bought a copy of a book called Engaged Girl Sketches which is um, romantic stories. Around the time when she bought the book she actually ran into a friend from college um, by the name of Gladys. The two talked about this party that they'd both been invited to and this was the party that Dorothy was buying the dress for. Gladys left to meet her mother for lunch and Dorothy was never seen again. Francis Arnold was quite reluctant to go out publicly about his daughter's disappearance. Um, so initially he actually employed private investigators and those attempts were unsuccessful. Eventually the family then filed a missing persons report with the uh, New York City Police Department in 1911 in January. Various theories, sightings and rumours regarding her disappearance have circulated in many years and decades after she was last seen but the circumstances surrounding her disappearance have never been resolved and nobody knows what ever happened to her. People can't just disappear. You can't just drop off into a black hole. It just doesn't exist. Something happened. She doesn't sound like she was willingly leaving because she went to buy a particular dress for an event. Unless that was an excuse. You know, you question foul play. Um, but people don't just disappear. It doesn't exist, right? You don't just drop off into a black hole. I want to talk about the Jameson's family disappearance. This is a, a very well-known true crime case that kind of circulates the true crime community. Uh, this one is bizarre and I've seen video footage that goes with this particular case so I'll do the best that I can to describe it but it might be one of those ones that you kind of have a look at yourself and um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a weird one. On the 8th of October in 2009 we have the Jameson family which was 44 year old Bobby, 40 year old Sherilyn and their six year old Madison. They were seen on this day for the last time ever. They vanished without a trace. So the family lived in Olka and they were last seen by a man who lived in the mountains in southeastern Oklahoma. 
This witness claims that he only saw the family and no one else had been in that area around the time. So they were going to view a 40-acre plot of land they were looking to purchase um, and they were looking to live in a shipping container and they already had a shipping container, I believe. They were going to move that to the plot of land and then I believe they were going to build on it. On the 16th of October, which was eight days after they left, there was a major discovery in the case. The hunters in a remote location in the woods, about a quarter mile from the last spot that the Jamisons were seen, came across their abandoned truck. Um, assuming by truck, we're talking like a ute or like a four-wheel drive type ute. We don't call them trucks in Australia. Um, we call them like utes or um, four-wheel drives. They find the abandoned car <laughs> and it's locked. However, inside they find Bobby's wallet, Sherilyn's purse, jacket, a GPS, Bobby's cell phone, which is a mobile phone in Australia, $32,000 in cash, presumably what, the deposit, if they were going to go ahead with the purchase, and their pet dog. Luckily, the dog's name was Maisie, luckily it was just clinging on to life by sheer chance. It was very malnourished, but it was still alive. Um, rest assured, the dog was taken by family and looked after and brought back to health. So the dog was fine. I know a lot of people hear these types of things about animals and they kind of go, oh, the dog was fine. He, he was looked after. It was she, Maisie, she was looked after. All good. Don't stress about the dog. Okay. On Bobby's mobile phone, cell phone, there was a picture of their little girl Madison believed to be taken the day before they disappeared. But when they looked around the truck, there didn't appear to be any kind of struggle. There was a former sheriff who remarked, I think they were forced to stop. And they got out of the truck to meet with someone they recognized. And they either left willingly or by force. So the GPS unit in the truck indicated that the family had been further up the hill prior to the location that the truck and the belongings were found. So they obviously went up and then turned around and came back. Investigators followed the coordinates and the footprints. And then one day later, on the 17th of October, about 300 people were dispersed, which was authorities and volunteers. And they basically did one of those grid searches of the area. They weren't able to find anything. All leads went cold and basically the search was called off. Strangely, on the 16th of November in 2013, hunters were scouting for deer hunting locations. Don't get me started. They're like, <laughs> people worry about the dog in the case, but fucking deer hunting? Come on. <laughs> Come on. I don't know anything about hunting and I don't want to know. So let's just park that one there. Anyway, these hunters were going to do their thing and they found partial skeleton remains. And it looked like three bodies, two adults and one child. The remains were found less than three miles from where the family had parked their truck four years earlier. The search uncovered shoes, bits of clothing, adult teeth, an adult arm, leg bone and bone fragments. The bones would eventually be confirmed as the missing Jamison family. 
However, no cause of death could be determined and the circumstances surrounding their disappearance remain unknown. What is also really bizarre is um, before they left to drive their truck to the land they're going to look at, there's video footage of them and they're carrying things from like a house to a car and they're carrying things one at a time and the two adults are carrying and they're grabbing this one item and they're walking to the car, the truck, putting it in, turning back. And in some instances, it was like something really small that could be held in one hand, but they were holding it in two. And sometimes they had nothing in their hands and they walked and then turned and then walked back. It's creepy. Something else was going on with these guys um, that, you know, there's rumors that there were drugs involved or whatever. But if you look up the footage, it's actually creepy shit. It's a bizarre case. Nobody knows what happened. Their remains were found. How many years later? Like, that's insane. We'll, I guess we'll never know unless someone comes forward. Okay, the next one, for those who are pet lovers, this might not be for you. This is just a little short one when I was doing my research. And basically there's this place called the Overton Bridge. And it's in Scotland. Apparently the bridge calls dogs to jump for their for their death apparently since the early 1960s over 50 dogs have perished and hundreds more have leapt and survived with some returning to go again into the jagged rocks that lie 50 feet below So the Scottish Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals have actually sent representatives to investigate this bridge repeatedly, but there's no luck. They can't work out what the hell is going on. In terms of scientific truth, it is debatable whether dogs are capable of responding to a suicide attempt. So it's not known if they have those same urges that we have as humans urges i'd say like intrusive thoughts maybe um but there is something that's luring them luring these dogs off the overton bridge often it's very bizarre it's from the same spot and it's always on a sunny day so they jump from that same spot on the bridge when the sun's out many theories have emerged i.e the bridge is haunted, which I think everyone would go to first. They believe that there might be a small animal marking the area with some sort of scent or a sound exists below the bridge that only dogs can hear. Whatever is causing it, dog owners crossing the bridge need to be especially careful, take caution and keep your dog on a leash. If there's anything like that that's going to call to my psychotic dog, I would not be walking him near it because he like he would literally same as my cat if either of these two had to fend for themselves for any longer than 30 minutes they would perish my cat i found eating lettuce through a plastic bag the other day i don't know why i don't know what possessed him i have no idea (laughs) he was literally chewing the plastic and then inside the plastic was lettuce My dog got stuck in a blanket the other day, fell off the lounge and bumped his head. These two animals would perish so quickly with any type of fend for yourself situation. (laughs) Like it's just, it's just not possible. 
They're both just dum-dums is what I refer to them as. Um, they're both inside pets, so rest assured they're never left alone. Um, the cat's relatively relatively responsible. The dog's the, dog's the worst. He just can't be left unattended because he's just... Meh. Anyway, moving on to the last one. This is called the Eerie Lady of the Dunes. I find this stuff fascinating. Anyway, I'll come back to that at the end. So on the 26th of July in 1974, 12-year-old Leslie was returning from the beach with her family in Massachusetts. A local dog had followed them and then it took off barking. So Leslie took off after the dog and um, her parents started to go after her then. And basically, she ended up in the dunes at uh, a beach called Race Point Beach, which is a mile east of a ranger station. Leslie found a decomposing body of a naked woman. So she was the woman found was about 5'6", weighed about 145 pounds, and was in between the ages of 20 and 40 not exactly a narrow window, but I, I understand it's very difficult to tell age. Um, I get mistaken all the time as a child. I'm not a child. <laughs> so regardless, back to it. She was lying on one side of a beach towel with her head resting on a pair of jeans and a blue bandana. It was estimated that the body had been laying there for some time decomposing, somewhere between... 10 days and three weeks before it was discovered by Leslie and her family. The left side of the deceased woman's head was crushed and she had almost been completely decapitated. There were no weapons found and it's believed that a military entrenching tool was used to almost cut her head off. Her hands were removed this is probably to conceal the woman's identity through, like, using fingerprints. Due to the horrific state of the body, authorities believed the woman had, in fact, been murdered, which sounds plausible, right? You're not going to be able to cut your own head off or crush your own head very easily and then make your way to the beach. I mean, one plus one is two, right? There didn't appear to be a sign of struggle around the area, so it looked quite peaceful. The authorities actually believed that the identified woman was probably well known to whoever murdered her. The only signs of evidence were size 10 footprints that indicated a relatively heavy person running away. The police chief, Jimmy Meads, said that the killer likely drove the victim to the dune in a four-wheel drive sand vehicle to sunbathe. Despite using bloodhounds and missing persons bulletins, scouring the registers of local lodgings and looking into anyone who had a permit to bring their vehicle onto the beach, police turned up nothing. In 2019, a local reflected on the case saying, the fact that no one could identify the lady of the dunes in a tight-knit community is very strange. Almost 50 years later, the victim known as the Lady of the Dunes is still unidentified. Guys, these these five are absolutely horrifying. Absolutely horrifying. The fact that we have death occurring and we don't have 
um, somebody who, you know, was kind of caught and punished for that death, the fact that these things are still sitting there cold case and we don't have the right information. I get going back quite some time ago, there was obviously, you know, science wasn't as good and all of the forensic stuff didn't exist, but surely, surely. And I guess with a lot of these these bodies and the evidence, everything's deteriorated by now. But, you know, even then, like it just, it baffles me. And if you put aside the deaths and we talk about the the bridge with the dogs, that is weird. The fact that over 50 have jumped and died and hundreds more have tried to dive and kill themselves and if they don't they come back up and try again i just what how does this stuff exist i find not knowing to be absolutely baffling and like this this just i fell down a rabbit hole i was i was thinking about the cecil hotel i think about it all the time i was thinking about the cecil hotel i started thinking about the black dahlia i wanted to know why she was named the black dahlia so i went off started researching and then i saw photos on the internet of her corpse because they've got a whole stack of them on there they've even got crime scene photos so you can actually see like she's just left in shrubbery like just grass and stuff and you can see the top and the bottom parts of the body are very separate you can see the position that she's in there were face shots of the carved face like it's it's not great it's horrifying it's wild and then once I go off down this rabbit hole obviously like I did I come you know stumbling across all this other stuff that now becomes more stuff that I think about that is unknown so it's kind of sparked a little bit of an interest and I want to explore this more I want to kick off some sort of series not just necessarily true crime but maybe some of the paranormal UFOs all of the stuff that the weird stuff so i'm kicking off a series dedicated to things that are unsolved so we can talk about them and sit there together scratching our heads going what the hell i think also disappearances are strange and we have one with dorothy who just disappeared never seen again that is bizarre the fact that someone's just disappeared into a black hole but the fact that her father didn't want to bring too much um like publicity to his daughter being missing missing surely like in the natalie wood case you know where they didn't want to turn on the floodlights and call the coast guards if somebody you love is missing you draw attention you draw as much attention as possible and the jameson family is so odd it is such a bizarre bizarre scenario and if you um, do a little bit of research online. It is just batshit crazy. Like watching them do what they were doing kind of reminds me of the Elisa Lamb situation again, linked to the Cecil Hotel. Um, I probably wouldn't cover that case. It's all very common. I, I kind of like these short and sharp pieces uh, leaving us to think. Sometimes with the occasional deep dive, I want to do more on the Cecil Hotel. I wonder if there's any other places like the Cecil Hotel. I do some research. Okay. <laughs> let's leave it there i am fascinated by this stuff i will continue this series and come to you with more stuff that is just simply unexplained unsolved bizarre leaving us the question what on earth is going on
Okay. So, in the meantime, you can hit me up on my socials at Aesthetic Vibes Pod. You can drop me an email at aestheticvibespodcast.outlook.com. You can drop by my website, aestheticvibespodcast.com. Uh, what else? You can join me on TikTok, Dr. Ames Kelly. Have a little bit of fun there. It's not necessarily all Aesthetic Vibes podcast related. I have a couple of other podcasts. So, um, well, one other kind of casual podcast and then I've got like a business podcast. Uh, so, place to come along. Hang out if you like. And until next time. Bye, guys. Bye.